This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, hello, and welcome back again with you guys for another show of the Guna Talks Raw Reaction Series, our Arsenal Daily Transfer Show, the Arsenal Transfer Show, in which we break down all the latest Arsenal transfer news, give you guys all the latest updates, get your thoughts and feelings in the chat box too, and basically try to break down some of the chaos that's been going on over the last 24 hours, of which there's been some interesting developments in a number of cases, which we're, of course, going to go through. Uh, football is back today. European Championship quarterfinals kick off today. Looking forward to seeing some really good games. Spain, Switzerland, Belgium, Italy. And then, of course, tomorrow is the big one. It's coming up, as you all well know. I will speak to you guys in the chat box throughout the show. And, of course, we'll get your thoughts at the end uh, in our Q&A section as well. Good morning, chat box. Glad that you're joining me. So many of you in here already. Thank you ever so much for continued support across the shows. If you are enjoying them, please make sure every time you jump in the show, just click that like button. It takes no energy, no time at all, and it really does help the channel and uh, helps more people find it to stay up to date and uh, keep themselves level-headed and clear about all the latest Arsenal news. Please make sure you do that. Anyway, let's kick off with the first bit of news today, which revolves around Reese Nelson. Um, now, you may have seen this drop yesterday. Fab reported on the socials that uh, Arsenal had, in fact, offered Reese Nelson a new contract of which it has yet to be accepted. Not necessarily that it had been rejected, but just in a case that he's reluctant to sign a new deal because, of course, the situation for Reese Nelson at Arsenal is not great. It's He's barely got any minutes. He hasn't really been able to establish himself in the Arsenal first team. Um, he's been offered the chance to go on loan. He was offered the chance to go on loan back in January. Um, but actually, he... Decided to turn that down, thought he would try and fight for his place in the squads, and it turned out to be a little bit of a, an issue for him, basically, because, of course, it, it's just... I know a lot of people rate him very highly, and I'm sure he's got big potential. I just haven't necessarily seen it myself in the Arsenal first team. I think he's been given chances. I think he's not necessarily taken those chances, uh, the ones that he's been given anyway. There's nothing more I'd like for him to turn around, prove me wrong, and absolutely smash it and, and stay with the club. I really would. Um, but I just think for me, if there's a decent bid that comes in, I think that is is probably the right move um, to accept a bid, move him on. He can though flourish elsewhere. Maybe we can insert a sell-on or a buyback situation in the contract. 
But Reese Nelson with the with Saka here, with Martinelli, with Pepe, possibly another forward coming in. You've got Bamio can play in wide areas as well. Smith Rowe that can play in wide areas as well. It's it's just very difficult to to see him getting too many minutes. But I'd love to know what you guys think in the chat box. So please let us know. And if you're watching on Playback, please leave your comments in the comment section below as well. Moving on to our next story, uh, and Matteo Genduzzi. Now, we know and we have known for quite a while that the main kind of link between Arsenal and Genduzzi and the possibility of him moving on is very much that uh, him going to Marseille, the French club, a uh, very big club in France, of course, really trying to get back on their feet and back into the Champions League. Um, and, of course, they're... I don't think they're under Andre Villas-Boas. I know they were, but I'm not sure. I think he stepped down, did he not? So they are under new management, as far as I'm aware. Let's just have a look. Uh, he was most recently the former manager of, of Liga uh, Marseille, but I don't know who their current manager is. That's one for Jeremy Smith to let you know. But basically, in regards to Genduzzi, Arsenal have effectively been told to lower their price. Um, Georges Sampaoli is actually their, their manager now, the Chilean uh, coach, very interesting that one. Um, but Marseille have basically asked Arsenal to, to lower their price um, for for Genduzi because Arsenal were looking for a, uh, a figure in the region of around 20 million euros uh, for the player. And for me, I was never really going to expect Arsenal to get 20 million euros for this guy. He's got one year left on his deal, we're led to believe. He's not played for, for Arsenal for a significant amount of time. We know his issues. Uh, and very much, uh, oh, sorry, he's Argentinian. <laughs> George Sampaoli is Argentinian, but he managed Chile. I'm, I'm right in saying he managed Chile, right? Um, but in terms of, of Genduzzi, he's looking like he's going to leave, but it is certainly going to be a case in point that he, he moves off um, for a figure that is nowhere near what Arsenal were originally expecting. And that, for me, is is fine. Look, move him out, get the money in, move on, and, uh, and it'll be as simple as that, really. Let's go on to our next bit of news. Uh, which is on our possible ins. And one player that doesn't look like he's going to be moving in uh, is certainly uh, Alexander Izak. Now, Alexander Izak is a player in which we obviously had some interest in throughout the window. He's had a really good European Championships, looked sprightly, and of course that grew his profile. However, an original 60 million buyout clause that was in his contract, along with a 30 million buyback from Borussia Dortmund, which was of course bought out, has now been increased to what I believe to be around 90 million euros. There were previous reports that that's the figure that Real Sociedad wanted to increase it to. He has now signed a new contract. And it is believed that that buyout clause is probably around the 90 million euro mark now for the Swedish striker. Really good news for Real Sociedad to keep him in their team going into Europe next season. They'll want, they would have wanted to, of course, kept him and made him their main uh, number one striker going forwards. But it is also a case of basically them protecting his value. So if anyone like Arsenal or anyone else comes in for him, they can get as much money as feasibly possible. But I don't imagine Arsenal will be going for the Swedish striker this summer. Going into our next one, this is a new link that has popped up yesterday. You may have seen it coming out of uh, the Italian media, and that's Piotr Zielinski, uh, the Polish international, uh, obviously was playing at the Euros for Poland before they got knocked out in the group stages. Um, and he certainly is a player that I have enjoyed watching uh, across a few years now. He is uh, moving into his mid to late 20s. Is um, very much an established player in the team. Uh, and for me, when you're looking at kind of attacking midfielders, players that really have an impact in the final third of the pitch, he is certainly someone that would really kind of tickle my fancy. Uh, we've had him on our list of like 10 alternatives. We did the video on our 10 alternatives to Emi Buendia when it turned out he wasn't signing. I put Zielinski on the list. He is a very, very 
highly rated player in his mid to late 20s, but would cost a pretty penny, it is fair to say. And Napoli, uh, whilst are supposedly willing to let him go for a little bit less than what he previously was going for, uh, unfortunately, I still think that that price is going to be a little bit um, further away than what Arsenal are probably willing to play uh, pay for that kind of player in that position. But Zielinski is, is very, very much so uh, a target that I would like to see Arsenal go for. And it's good to see that Arsenal are certainly go, going for this one. Let's not spam the chat, please, guys, uh, in the chat box. Make sure other people can get a chance to throw their comments in. Uh, let's move on to the next story, which revolves around Nuno Tavares, um, the Portuguese uh, defender that I am practicing my pronunciation of as, as much as feasible possible. I, I can't roll my tongue. Uh, it's just something I'm not able to do. You know when you some pronunciations require that? Um, if you listen to the Spanish football podcast, Phil Kutramalides is amazing at doing it. I can't. I'm going to practice. Um, <laughs> I really am going to try my hardest to, to get better at pronouncing uh, Nuno Tavares. Um, but uh, he is someone that, of course, looks like he's going to be getting done very, very soon. Uh, and yesterday it was reported that the final figure looks to be around 8 million euros uh, with some add-ons that could see it rise to above 10 million euros. Uh, there were some rumours that he was in London. I was very surprised to see that um, because, of course, the, the, the situation with the pandemic means that travel between Portugal and the UK is not that easy. Uh, so I imagine that a medical will probably be done in Lisbon. Uh, and then the kind of all of the uh, administration completed there, and then they'll sort out travel. Um, but it may mean that we don't see it officially announced for a little bit, but that's maybe what's slowing down some other deals like the Conga as well, because we are waiting on travel situations to become a lot more clear. Um, but uh, Bruno Tavares uh, is, is certainly someone, uh, Bruno, I keep saying Bruno, Nuno Tavares is, is certainly someone that I'm interested to see how he gets on. I've got my reservations. I've got some worries about him. Um, but I'm hoping they'll be proved wrong. And fingers crossed, he is the man to to be the backup to Kieran Tierney that we need um, and can come in and, and hit the ground running. Moving on to our penultimate story of the day on Manuel Locadelli, uh, the Italian midfielder of Sassuolo. Obviously, we heard that a bid had been made by Arsenal. An official bid was described in yesterday's show by the CEO of Sassuolo. Now, Charles Watts came out yesterday and revealed uh, from goal that maybe there had not been an official bid and that news of that was a bit premature. However, there was still genuine interest, in quotation marks, uh, from Arsenal. Uh, and certainly they would be looking to push for a deal for the Italian midfielder. However, the fact that his priority is Juventus certainly leads. Uh, that as a bit of a difficulty for Arsenal. But you know what, for me, is this is a really promising situation. This is a really good sign. You know why it's a good sign? Because Arsenal are looking like they're going to go and get Lukonga. They look like they're going for a, a very good centre-back, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. And they're spending a lot of money on that. And they're also looking like they're spending money on another central midfielder from a defensive aspect more than an attacking aspect, despite him having a couple of goals in him. But for me, this really genuinely is uh, an interesting move. Um, and it, for me, it's, it's, it's the profile that we're going for. Even if we don't necessarily get Locatelli, for me, it's a good sign that Arsenal are not resting on the signing of Lokonga and they are, in fact, pushing as well for a central midfielder of real quality. So that should really kind of fill us um, with, uh, with with kind of encouragement that Arsenal are going to hopefully go out. Maybe it'll be Locatelli. I would if I was a better man, and I'm not. I don't think I'd bet on it being him. I think he will probably end up going to Juventus. But it's good to see that Arsenal are pushing for kind of the central midfielders on top of the fact 
but they're looking for someone like Lakonga. So that's really promising. Moving on then to our final story of the day and our headline title as well, which is on Ben White, the Brighton defender that Arsenal have been in negotiations to try and wrap up for a while now. Now, information broke yesterday from a number of outlets who are, in my opinion, questionable. You know exactly who they are. It doesn't need me to tell you who they are. Um, I, I'm not particularly fond of them. I've done shows on uh, some of the horrific stories they've done on players like Marcus Rashford in the past. Not one to shy away from talking about the difficult stuff on the channel. And I'm not a big fan of them. However, they have reported um, that Everton have entered the race for Ben White. There are some still good journalists that do work at those outlets. And uh, some of the more reliable ones have uh, reported that Everton are indeed interested in Ben White and have moved with great speed to get this deal done for them. Ousting Arsenal's supposed bid, they're looking at a, a figure of around the 50 million plus add-ons that Brighton were supposedly wanting for the player. Arsenal's bid of around 45 plus five is not necessarily what Brighton are looking for. Uh, and that is worrying, if true. And I say if true because, of course, Chris Wheatley of Football London did put a, uh, a story or a fleet out yesterday that was highlighted by a few people to say that basically it's pretty much done from Arsenal's perspective, and then it is likely to be wrapped up after the European Championships do complete. So conflicting reports. Obviously, we know that Chris is very well connected and we'd hope that uh, his information tells us that it's it's pretty much there and it's done. However, that he has been wrong. Other things have happened uh, and, and things have changed. So it's it's a case of a journalist gets information, however, they get information kind of fed to them uh, a little bit in delay. So things can change very quickly. Uh, and so you should, of course, always be prepared for things to be 99% and leave yourself open to that 1% possibly um, possibly happening. Um, so that's kind of all the main stories. There's some little rumours flying about are possibly backup goalkeepers, but until we hear some some really kind of official news, we'll hold fire uh, on that one and we'll, we'll cover that in a later show of course we do move on now to the next part of the show which is of course your questions and comments and feelings in our chat box so make sure you are getting your questions into the chat i'll be back with you guys as well at 4 p.m this afternoon for our phone-in show information is going across the bottom of your screen now if you would like to come on the show yourself get your thoughts and feelings heard about arsenal's transfer business drop us a dm over at the Gunatool tv or, of course, on Instagram, the Guna Talk. You can find us both there. If you're over 18 years of age, you've got a camera, microphone, and that can be one attached to your headphones like I'm using for the moment, then please do get in touch and we will try our best to get you on the show. We've got a few people coming on to make their debut today that I'm excited about talking to. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So join us at 4 p.m. for the Friday phone-in show. Probably that my lighting is like this. It's, it's really warm, so I need the window and, of course, the blind up as well. But my lighting is not the best as you can probably see. Let's bear with that. Let's go into the chat box, though, and get your thoughts and feelings around how we're going about the transfer window so far. Where's Lee? Says, Tom, uh, could you please explain the Onana situation? Great player, available for a small amount, uh, and Arsenal, and he wants to go to Arsenal. And still, uh, we want an average Ramsdale, £30 million for Ramsdale. Yeah. I understand your frustration. Homegrown, I get it. Nuno Tavares isn't. Um, although I should say that uh, Tavares uh, doesn't actually count towards the non-homegrown quota because he was born uh, in in after the first of January of this year when he was twenty-one this year, so he doesn't actually count until next season. 
Um, but what this means regarding Ramsdale is that clearly the club want a homegrown goalkeeper. That is very, very clear. There's rumours of flying about of possibly other names out there uh, as well. We've obviously been linked to Woodman. McCarthy's another link too. Um, so seeing, of course, how we might go for some of those players, is it's going to be interesting what goalkeeper Arsenal do go for. But the backup position of a homegrown keeper is certainly one that the club are targeting um, so that's why Onana's situation is as it is. And there's no guarantees that Leno goes anywhere either. Um, so that's that's one and probably explains a little bit of the reason why it's it's like that. Um, Belagia says, Tom, could you do a possible 10 replacements in the right-back position? Certainly one that I'm looking to push forward and do. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, what's the right word, uh, news. I suppose just news about targets and, and transfers at the moment when there's a bit of a gap. I do plan on doing a right-back video as well and a central midfielder video for when Granite Jacko moves on. Um, so we're going to do one on that as well, probably this weekend. You'll probably see that one come out very, very soon. Uh, Sahil says, uh, oh, sorry, Sahil, I've missed your question because it skipped off the screen. Where is it? Tom, uh, if a club wants to bid for a player, do they need a green light from the player first to start negotiations? Uh, so usually what happens is you obviously sending an offer. Um, if that offer is accepted, you can start talking to the player. However, as we know, and if you actually speak to quite a few people in the business, the amount of things that go on behind the scenes that aren't technically kind of legit is very interesting. A lot of the business that's done in 2021 is actually done, and some people may be surprised by this, but a lot of transfer business is done via WhatsApp. Uh, clubs, technical directors, agents speaking across WhatsApp, putting in bids across this, obviously getting the green light from the club to suggest this is what we want. If there's something official, of course, it will go through more official channels. Um, but a lot of discussion goes across via WhatsApp and you do see uh, a lot of discussions taking place between agents, directors of football, managers, coaches, uh, owners, chairmen via WhatsApp, presidents, CEOs. Um, it may surprise you, but it's a really kind of uh, efficient way of, of communicating and that happens a hell of a lot. I think TIFO or The Athletic did a really good uh, video on their YouTube channel about how that works. So you should check it out if you want to know. Um, but what often what happens before even a bid can be submitted is that clubs will sound out agents. They'll get kind of the player's overall feeling about whether or not they'd be open to a move. And if they are open to a move, then they might push for a, a deal with the club. Um, so sometimes it goes club player. Sometimes it goes player, club player. It depends. But a lot of what happens in the transfer market actually happens across uh, WhatsApp. Um Chet Perk says, why are we pushing harder on clubs to have less funds? Uh, we keep trying Premier clubs that are flush with cash. It makes no sense. I disagree, Chet Perk. I think it does make a lot of sense. Arsenal historically have always bought from the continent and we've struggled to kind of integrate those players as effectively as maybe we would like them to. Uh, and that is a bit of a problem because top clubs in the Premier League, like City, like your Chelsea's, like your United's, your Liverpool's, are all buying from within the Premier League and they're getting kind of that head start on Arsenal so many times. I'm not saying that we shouldn't sign from the continent. It's about finding a balance, but it's something that Arsenal haven't done enough of is buying good quality players in the Premier League. The players that we bought from the Premier League have been your David Luiz, your Danny Welbeck, your Cedrics, not players that are integrated and really starting for the first teams, your Willians, etc. And Arsenal certainly need to push for that. There's also the secondary thing where there is a fear, in my opinion, that the non-homegrown quota will be decreased in the Premier League over the next few years. The FA want to see a, a greater emphasis on homegrown talent being developed. And one of the ways to do that is by reducing uh, the number of non-homegrown uh, players you're allowed in your 25-man squad, in which case clubs are preemptively striking that and looking to push for homegrown quality players as much as possible for the long term. So they've already got those measures in place for if and when 
that reduction of the non-homegrown quota does take place. So that's another reason why they're doing that. But yes, there is still a way that we should be arguably making the most of the fact that the pandemic has affected pubs on the continent quite heavily. Um, and maybe we will see that. I mean, players like Locatelli going for 40 million euros, I think is an absolute steal. So there are deals to be done. Uh, Laconga, I think, is a great talent and arguably be worth a hell of a lot more than the money we're going to pay for him. So that's another good deal that we're hopefully doing as well. Hasala says, with the report suggesting Kese uh, is for sale of around £30 million, would you prefer Kese or Basuma? I know they are a bit different. I'd lean more towards Basuma because of his, again, that Premier League side of things. And I think for their qualities, they're quite similar at the level of their development. They're quite similar. So having a player from the Premier League, if you've got similar qualities, similar attributes, I'd lean towards more towards him. However, a player like Locatelli, I would lean more towards because I think his overall quality is better than that of Basuma. And I think his overall ceiling is greater than that of Basuma as well. So it's about how you find that balance, how you work out your pros and cons between the players. But Basuma and Kese are quite similar in terms of kind of their level of output, not necessarily how they play and their characteristics, but more so in terms of how similar in terms of quality and what they'll bring to the team is. So I'd rather go for a Basuma over Kese to have that Premier League kind of readiness. However, someone of Locatelli's quality, who I rate a bit higher than Basuma, I think would certainly be more of a priority. Uh, who would I prefer out of Sabitzer and Awar, says Wilson? It's a good question because Sabitzer, I think, is on a bit of a higher plane. It gives you more consistency and doesn't have necessarily those uh, kind of the mentality issues that I believe that Awar does. However, Awar is younger, um, could really, really come good, arguably has a higher ceiling than Sabitzer, can play in a lot of positions as can Sabitzer. Um, it's a tough one. I think I may lean towards Sabitzer, though, based upon the fact I think he would transition a lot better. His versatility suits what we need from a player of his style. And I think he's also got those leadership qualities that we need and doesn't necessarily come with the, the, the characteristics and the mentality issues that Awar has, in my view. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, James Rose says, will we get a development fee from Brentford for, the, uh, for our youngsters who has just left? And how much uh, is that? Uh, Oye, Oye I think his name is. Um, the, the youngster who's just gone to, to Brentford. Uh, James, usually what happens is if a player has obviously been developed at the club for a significant amount of time, often you can see compensation fees given between clubs, but nothing official has come out about that right now. So there's nothing I can tell you legitimately as to whether or not Arsenal will receive anything from them or whether or not they'll get anything from Ipswich for McGuinness or they'll get anything from... Uh, some of the other clubs that have taken our, our players. What was confirmed yesterday is, is Daniel Ballard has gone to Millwall on loan. That's a really good deal for Arsenal. It's a good step up for him, and hopefully he can do that. But I don't know uh, if Oyogoke is, is going to give us anything in regards to a compensation fee. But I imagine they would have definitely put on kind of a sell-on situation, as we've seen with a number of players that have left so far uh, from the club yesterday. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Russell says, who are we more likely to sign out of the higher profile attacking midfielders we have been linked with? Um, honestly, Russell, I'd love to give you an answer to that question, but it's so difficult to kind of assess this situation right now because Arsenal's links to these attacking midfielders are so few and far between. There's no real indication that Arsenal at this present moment are pushing for that position. We obviously did bid for Emi Buendia. We didn't push very hard for that situation. I think we were kind of panicked into that by Aston Villa's movement on that front. And while we've been linked to Erdegaard, doesn't know that's going to happen. We've been linked to Sabitzer, linked to Awar, linked to uh, Zielinski now as well. There's no real kind of uh, strong links with an attacking midfielder that I'd be willing to put the chips down and say, yeah, it looks like we're going to be most likely going for him. So I can't actually tell you, Russell, who is the most likely. 
because honestly, there is no, there's not strong enough links for me to suggest that there is going to be a certain one over another. Ask me in a week's time, and maybe we'll have a better picture uh, of who we're going to be going for. So that will certainly be interesting. Uh, Kevin Campbell, good to have in the chat, mate. Always a pleasure to see you on the show. And of course, if you want to check out my show with Kevin, you can do. Uh, we had a good chat about all of the transfers going on at the moment. But Kev believes that 100% uh, Oyogoke will have a compensation fee. As we said, it typically is the case. You do see them paid, but they're not things that are really kind of publicly put out there. So it's very difficult to to see those take place and to know the, the specific values. But we do know that Arsenal have inserted sell-on clauses into a lot of the players that have left the club, like McGuinness, etc. Um, so you can imagine that Oyogoke is, is probably going to be similar. Uh, Fun Trick says, uh, hey, Tot, where do you think Ben White will end up? My, 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 I think that he's going to be, I don't know why I struggle with the start of that sentence so much. Um, my imagination leads me to think that he is certainly going to be an Arsenal player. But, you know, it's there's always a case where you don't know whether or not uh, a player is going to obviously end up, you think it's going to move one way and then it ends up turning out to be something very, very different. And it's obviously frustrating for Arsenal fans to see other teams linked to the, the players that they're going for. And ironically, if some people may be a little bit unsure on White, sometimes seeing another club linked to that player can push you over the edge and make you think, Christ, I, I really want that player now. I certainly was very much affected by the whole Aston Villa-Buendia situation. I was keen on Buendia anyway. But seeing another club push and, and go harder for a player that Arsenal were linked to, especially a club like Aston Villa, no disrespect to them, but someone that we would consider or whose targets are different to our own, that really hit me for six in a way and really kind of frustrated me at that level. So I would hope it's going to be Arsenal, mate, but ultimately I can't guarantee anything because as we know, anything can happen so far. Sarvik says, Willock links have died down. What are your thoughts on this? I think obviously Newcastle are very much interested in taking Joe Willock on a permanent deal next season. I would like to see the kid given a chance based upon what he's done. However, I am torn because say Newcastle come with a £30 million bid, I can't get the Maitland-Niles situation out of my mind when it comes to this, that Wolves offered us a very good deal, close to £20 million, that Arsenal would probably struggle to get this summer for Maitland-Niles. And you think, should we have probably gone and accepted that? Arguably, maybe we should have done, um, because we wouldn't have the situation we find ourselves in now where we're going to struggle to to kind of, you know, get get something for him. So... Maybe we should be looking to, if, if a good deal comes in for Joe Willock, we should be looking to accept it. But it is a very difficult one um, to kind of, to come to at the moment. Uh, who do you think should be sold, but won't be Kez KMCD2? I think Cedric uh, is one that I think should be sold, but won't be. Uh, I think the reason why is not necessarily down to him as a necessarily a player. I just want to see the Kia Jurabchin influence removed from the club as much as feasibly possible. And, and Cedric certainly fields that so for me uh Cedric is one of those I don't think he will go uh other players that I think that should go I'd say El Nenny if we were going to bring in a bring in a replacement but he's a very decent utility player I just think for me I'd rather a greater strength in depth I don't think El Nenny is necessarily of the quality that is needed for our strength in depth but for what he gives us maybe he should um now the, the really awkward one for me to say would be of course Willian I hope that he does go, but with the move breaking down between him and Inter Milan, who knows? It all depends on how much money he wants. So there you go. Um, Wilson says, is it about time that people need to put some respect on Willock's name? I think Willock should have earned his respect based upon the loan deal that he had. And I hope that he's earned the respect of the manager for next season as well. And I hope that that means that he's going to be given an opportunity if he does indeed stay at the club. He's earned that respect. He did everything he could possibly have done on his loan spell. And I hope he comes through at the club next season. 
Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more and get some more of your uh, thoughts and feelings in the chat. Joe Bailey says, I think missing out on white will be a positive as we clearly can't afford a qualifier for number 10 and a six as well as white. We don't know, Joe. <clears throat> we don't We don't know right now what Arsenal are capable of. So I'm not sure it's good or not to say, yes, I think that we should have obviously um, uh, missed out on him and let him go somewhere else so we can focus our funds on other positions. Uh, I think for me, when you're looking at a player like White's quality, the fact he's homegrown, the fact he's very much coveted by plenty of top Premier League clubs, whilst Everton looked to be the only real, if it is true, other interested party in regards to making a bid, you've had clubs like Liverpool, like Man City, like Man United, all have been tracking White for some time. He is a very highly rated player, and I think that we should be doing our utmost to try and get a player of that quality into the team. Uh, did I say into Milan? I'm so sorry. <laughs> into Miami, yes. Um, I'm just having that. It's Friday. I mean, I, this is episode 60. I'm allowed a mistake here and there. Uh, James Rowe says, what's the minimum Edu has to do this summer to keep his job? Um, for me, it is obviously getting out the players that we need to get out and it's bringing in the players that we need to bring in. And I know that's a really cop-out answer. Um, but I think we need at least a right back, a centre mid, another centre mid like we're bringing in with Lokonga, a backup left back that we look to be doing, a backup homegrown goalkeeper, an attacking midfielder, and arguably some strength in depth maybe elsewhere. We we need to move out our surplus talent. If we're not going to be getting Saliba, you need to get him a new contract. You need to sign him up to a new extension and then loan him out to another club for the season. Has to be a Premier League club in my opinion. You need to move out some other key players like Enketia, like Nelson, like Torreira, Xhaka, Genduzzi, be getting rid of these players and getting as much money as feasibly possible for them. If we're bringing in Ben White, maybe we could look at moving on holding. If we are moving on holding, you need to get an absolute fair price for the guy considering his 25 long-term contract uh, and he's a homegrown player with Premier League experience by the bucket load. So it needs to be all of those things. That, for me, is the minimum. That's the expectation that I have. Some might say that's too much. But for me, that is what is needed in a summer that is absolutely pivotal to Arsenal's future, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well. Uh, Josh Hunter says, would you take people, uh, take Pope as a backup? I don't think he'd want to be a backup, to be honest, Josh. I think he's certainly a player that um, he's going to want to be a starter at a Premier League club. He's, he's that good. I think I'll be un I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs end up going for him as their replacement for, for Hugo Lloris. And I think that is certainly going to be uh, a position that they go for. But I don't think Pope's going to want to come in as a backup. So uh, that's that's the issue with that. I'd go with someone like Freddie Woodman uh, over someone like that. Tom says, couldn't we just buy Matt Ryan? He's uh, uh, an English bar passport to make him homegrown. Yeah, uh, Tom, that's not how it works, I'm afraid. <laughs> obviously, I like Matt Ryan a lot. Uh, I think he did really well. And he obviously impressed while he was here in the few games that he played. Um, but he's not homegrown, and that seems to be an issue for Arsenal. And, of course, Celtic want to bring him in as well. Uh, Ahmad says, do you agree Arsenal want to sign Ben White just uh, to please the Arsenal fans, especially the season ticket holders? Maybe he will only be our marquee signing. Uh, Ahmad, I'd love to tell you that you're wrong, but unfortunately history tells us that Arsenal do tend to, to be quite active at this point in the window because of season ticket renewals and stuff like that. It's... That's what's an issue for me. That's what's always going to be a bit of a problem in regards to uh, kind of banking on Arsenal to do something at the start of the window because of, of what comes with the logistics at the start of the window and, and merchandise, new shirts, new season tickets. I'd love to tell you that it, it's not that case, but who knows? It, it could be, and I hope that it isn't, but we will only know with time. 
Um, if you haven't already, guys, please drop a like on the video. I really would appreciate the support. As always, we'll be doing our phone-in show a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, Yours says, should we be planning our attack to emphasize Aubameyang's attack strengths, which is running in behind, or should he still be asked to hold up link play that seems to wear him out? I, whilst, yes, I agree, you're that, that Aubameyang's strength is going to be running in behind, the likelihood of being able to do that in the Premier League on a consistent basis for Arsenal is just not realistic. Too many teams like to drop back. Too many teams like to sit men behind the ball to try and defend against Arsenal because they know that Aubameyang can get you in behind. So for me, we need to be playing for Aubameyang's strengths in the box. And that means low-driven crosses. That means creating chances from the wide areas, getting those balls in for him to be a poacher because that is ultimately where he is at his strongest. He's finishing off chances, being a poacher in the box, being a clinical finisher, making those chances for him like that. Because if you're going to play those balls in behind... I don't think you're going to see that happening necessarily too often. And so you need to get really good chance creators in the wide positions with obviously a number 10 that can feed those wide positions really effectively. You might get the odd opportunity where Aubameyang is able to run in behind. But to be honest, the most of his opportunities are going to fall in the box when he's got those cutbacks and got those clinical chances in near the six-yard box. That's where Aubameyang is going to get the highest frequency of chances. And they're the chances that we need to try and emphasize more than any others. Um, Philip Cruzden says, uh, how do you think Patrick will get on at Palace? And do you think we will loan some players there now, uh, like Nelson or Chambers? Just because he's an ex-Arsenal player going to Palace doesn't mean there's any link between Arsenal loaning players to there. Does it mean that Vieira is more uh, knowledgeable about some of the players that are within Arsenal? Who knows? He's not been at the club for a long, long time. He's not been associated with the club for a long, long time. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's well aware of what's going on at the club. Have I got my reservations about how he'll do that? 100%. Did he do a good job at Nice? It was mixed. He got them into the Europa League and then towards the end of his tenure at Nice, it didn't go too well. Did he do a good job at New York City FC for his first managerial job? It was pretty good for considering the context of the situation. Is this a big job? It's a massive job for Patrick Vieira this season to try and get something from this year, to try and not relegate them and to continue on what the, the really good job that Roy Hodgson has done is going to be the main thing. I think it's a risky appointment. It isn't the, uh, the, the coach that I would have picked for, for Palace. I would have certainly gone for someone else. I would have gone for an Eddie Howe for that kind of position, someone who's experienced, someone who kept Bournemouth in the league for a long, long time and tried to play some good football and I think would have better resources than he did at, at Bournemouth. For, for me, I think they're eschewing maybe as a as the most utmost respect to, to Patrick, but I think they may be eschewing for, for a relegation place. I hope I'm wrong, although I'm not the biggest fan of Crystal Palace. Um, but uh, best of luck to Patrick, and, and I hope he does a good job. But I have a lot of reservations about that appointment uh, from a neutral and uh, unbiased perspective, taking off my Arsenal hat for a second. Uh, following Balogun going on loan, says Karoom. It wouldn't surprise me if Balogun did end up going on loan. I actually think it would be a good move for him because he's not going to get too many opportunities this season, especially if we end up keeping both Lacazette and Aubameyang. I think that those two are very much going to be the established forwards. I think you've got players like Martinelli that can play as a backup striker if we need to. And we don't have European football for Balogun to play in, in the group stages. So if we can get Balogun out on loan for a Premier League club or a, a championship playoff pushing club, that's a really good move for him. Of course, I'd love to see him play for Arsenal and get regular game time. I just don't think it's realistic. So get him out on loan, get him playing as many uh, kind of uh, minutes as possible for a, a good team and uh, bring him back the following season and get him maybe as, as Lacazette's replacement if he does well. And then maybe we've already got a ready-made uh, possibility if, if Lacazette does indeed run down his final year at the club. 
Uh, Chet Perth says, glad the numbers are up, mate. Uh, you deserve it more than anyone. Thanks, mate. That's a really kind of you to say. Uh, Sandile says, should X-Bid magically be accepted by the Cronkies? Where does that leave Vieira since he is one of the guys working with Ek? Or does this mean Ek is not pursuing the club anymore? Now, regarding the Ek bid, of course, we were told that um, the bid was left on the table. We were told that it was a situation where uh, if the Cronkies ever wanted to sell, that they could accept that bid and it wasn't going to go away. Now, Vieira, Henri and Dennis Bergkamp, are, they're not part of the bid. It's, it's the best of, of how I've interpreted the situation. All they are are effective ambassadors for the bid. They are backers. They are people that have turned around and said, look, we've spoken to Eck, we're on board, we back him. They are not integrated. They wouldn't necessarily be on the board. They wouldn't be executives if Eck was takeover to be successful. So I don't think there is necessarily a conflict of interest. However, what I would say is that if Xbid was accepted and you've got Vieira now as the coach of Crystal Palace, I don't think uh, I don't think Vieira would be involved with Arsenal in any way because then it would become a conflict of interest then. And so therefore he wouldn't be able to get involved whatsoever. So Whilst I think he can maybe back the deal publicly and say, look, I hope like I back him, I hope he takes over Arsenal. If he is now coach of Crystal Palace, there would not be there would not be any kind of possibility for him to be involved because there would be a conflict of interest. Why is my hair all fuzzy on the screen? My green screen's going weird. <laughs> this is what Tom would look like with highlights, is clearly what this is. Uh let me just change that quickly. That's really annoying. Why has it done that? Hold on. Uh let's just change that. Hopefully that's sorted out. I was trying to get rid of the fuzzy bit in the background. Instead, I've made my hair go all fuzzy. So apologies for that. Hopefully that's fixed it. Um, <laughs> there you go. It's pronounced Sundelaire. Oh, sorry, Tom. Uh, I mean, Sandile is, I've heard of that word, but I can't remember where I've heard of that word before, but I'm sure I've heard of that word before. <laughs> but sorry, Sandelaire. Uh, I will try my best to pronounce it correctly in the future. Uh, Ryan says, seems like Juve are being linked to many midfielders. Maybe it could raise Xhaka's price and maybe we could get then uh, Locatelli. Uh, Juventus have got their issues. Juventus have got some financial problems that they need to sort out and it is going to be an issue for them to try and obviously get uh, Locatelli if they want him for the price that Sassuolo are going for. And maybe that does then open the door for Arsenal to, to go and get him. Uh, the Royster says, hi, Tom. Good morning from the Pyrenees. Talking sense as usual. Thanks, mate. He says, I think the total fund cut off point for uh, the fund, sorry, the fund cut off point for White should be 50 million in add-ons uh, included. Uh, I don't know, mate. I think that it's a, it's a player that's so good. Uh, it's a player that's too good for me to turn down. And I do rate him exceptionally highly. I've been watching him a hell of a lot more. For me, he is someone that Arsenal should 100% be pushing for and doing the utmost they can to try and get that deal done. That's that's the issue that we will find ourselves in. Uh, a few of you have asked who Locatelli's agent is. I've gone on to Transomart to check out who his agent is, and it's a it's called an agent called Castel Novo Stefano. So he's not a Kia Chirabchin agent, as Dan Robert was saying in the chat box. Uh, he owns uh, one, two, three, four, five, six other players, and I don't know any of them. Uh, Gabriel Farrarini, uh, Davide Gislandi, Luca Bar uh, Barlocco, Erald Lacti, uh, Fatia Fioroni, uh, and Marco Melli are all owned by this guy. Locatelli is his clearly most um, valuable by a long, long way uh, client. So, no, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not, um, 
that situation. It's not a Kia Trabjan agent as far as we're aware. So there you go. Hope that answers your question, Daniel. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more and go for Guna72, who says, this apparent interest uh, and bid for Locatelli uh, is done by his club to push Juve for more dough. Maybe it is. Maybe uh, it could be that. And, and it's a very, very likely situation that, that Arsenal will be having their name used to try and push up the price of certain players in the market. It's just the way the world works. So there you go. Uh, Stilvan Gilbert says, should we put a deadline on the Xhaka deal with Roma if they won't pay a decent fee? Why entertain a deal? I mean, clubs try to put deadlines on players all the time, but the fact of the matter is that Arsenal want to sell him. It's not like a Jadon Sancho situation at Borussia Dortmund last season where they can put a deadline on the player and say, look, if you don't, if you don't pay up, we're keeping him because we want to use him. Arsenal are looking to bring in a central midfielder and Xhaka being sold is one of those. Xhaka is also very, very much pushing for a, a departure. So so that for me is is all uh, all in there. Um, Karume says, buy Ben White for 50 million and 99 cents. Uh, Philip says, any news on Hector Bellerin? Nothing new, mate. Only the fact that his agent is very much sounding out talks with a number of clubs uh, into Milan, Villarreal, Atletico Madrid and Sevilla, all the interested parties as well as Real Betis as well. Uh, Adam says, Fabrizio has poured cold water that. He says the president is an honest guy and Locatelli bid was real. Uh, who knows? Uh, I have a lot of faith in Charles Watts' uh, in his sources, uh, very much so, more so than Fab. So uh, I, I would definitely say pay more attention to Charles's stuff than Fab's stuff. Not saying that Fab doesn't know his stuff. All I know is that he's very much someone who acquires information. Charles Watts is very much someone who finds out the information. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, when are you doing the tactical breakdown on the existing players? Uh, as I said before, mate, when the transfer window stuff calms down, um, I want to kind of do, I want to kind of try and do more tactical breakdowns throughout the season, break down certain performances, break down the performances of certain players throughout the season. So more of our own players will happen during that period, I think. Uh, thanks, Gunavel. Much appreciated uh, the support, fella. Billy says, I do think we have a very good chance for Locatelli. So Swallow well, clearly want the money, which is something Juve don't seem to have. We will have to wait and see. Anyway, we are probably going to finish things off there. I've gone for 40 minutes. I've given you a little bit of your extra stuff uh, today. So fingers crossed uh, you guys will join us for our phone-in show, 4 p.m. UK time. I know it says 5 p.m. down there. It usually is because of the Euros and the Euro match being on at 5 o'clock. We're going to be doing our show at 4 p.m today so please make sure you do tune in for that i will look forward to speaking to some brand new people we're going to do some tests with some people leading up to it if you are over the 18 years of age as it says there and you'd like to do this please do uh dm us at laguna talk tv and at laguna talk yeah it's really hard trying to coordinate your hand with the moving screen um but uh yeah i hope to see plenty of you later on for the uh for the show at four o'clock today drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel if you're new we had some brand new members and uh, I hope they're going to join our Discord server. There's a new link for that in the community tab for our expert members and TGT ambassadors that have just joined up. Uh, and uh, we'll also be revealing which of our members have won the free ticket for the competition today as well. So I look forward to doing that. And I will be sending a link for that in the Discord server again too. See you again very, very soon, guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.